0: Welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. My name is Gary Cotcholillo, and today we have our special guest, Camilia Benforte. Is a life coach who strives for a better future for her clients that struggle with achieving it, bringing awareness to your emotions, helps you change your mindset, and helps empower your life. And her blog speaks on various topics such as life changes, survival mindset, And How to Conquer Fear is being of your own wisdom. Thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Gary. I'm happy to be here.
0: Um, How did you become a life coach?
1: Well, that path kind of has been decided for me many many years ago even way before i even realized it so uh i was planning i wasn't really planning it. i wanted to be a veterinarian my parents wanted to be in me uh, wanted me to be an architect so i started architecture then you know i kind of dropped that so i went to school again started um animal science uh work in veterinary field but, you know, things happen in life and, there is, and they force some changes. And we're usually not ready for those changes. We're never ready for those changes. And, uh, and you know, the bigger the challenge, the stronger mark they leave, it leaves on us. So I um, don't really necessarily think, like, you know, uh, you know, things happen and it makes you stronger. But it definitely shapes us into who you really are today. So if I look at my past from the point of view for the poem, from the point where I am today, I start to connect those dots, and um, and you know, and it comes that aha moment, and I realize, okay, so that's why all those things happened, because if it didn't, then I wouldn't be where I who I am today or where I am today. And uh, so my life has not always been amazing. There were ups and downs, like you know, like in everyone's life. And uh, there was a lot of, a lot of lessons uh, that I have learned from it. At some point, I got you know, depressed and really tired. And I guess I kind of gave up. I got sick. Uh, I was in and out of hospitals for a couple of years. Doctors didn't really know what was going on with me. Or maybe they knew it, but they had no idea why. I had uh, a lot of surgeries one after another. I lost everything I had. I lost money, job, uh, husband, my health, everything that was important to me. Wow. And I, uh, yeah, and I started to play, I caught myself starting to play this game called Make It to the Next Hour.
0: Yes, I can. I've actually been there myself where I've lost everything and had to take things from moment to moment.
1: In case something happens, she didn't have to blame herself and knew that she has tried everything to help me. But when I, after I had that one session, the one session with the Reiki Master, and I had, uh, I had my energy healing done on me, a kind of a miracle happened. Almost instantly, I felt different. I felt lighter. And all the worries were suddenly, I mean, th- they were still there, but they weren't important. And I started thinking, you know, why why did I even worry about those things? They're not going to change my life. So, and this is how my healing process started with Reiki. And it was so powerful that I decided to become a Reiki master myself. So I went through this uh, special classes, uh, schooling, and uh, I certified myself. That was seven years ago. And I, be- and I started, you know, healing people or it was it wasn 't it wasn't based on as a, as a business I was just doing it to myself, to my friends, to my family, my animals, and I had some actually quite amazing results uh, almost miracle that happened so during that process i There was another moment where I felt a little down and things really weren't going the way I wanted to. And I brushed across coaching and actually became a living example of the power of coaching. And since that worked, and I always wanted to, you know, I have a nurture, nurture uh, uh, nature, so I always wanted to be there for, for other, either, I mean, I was working with animals and I was helping animals, but I wanted to transfer that help to to help people. And since I was in a really, really dark place and and energy healing and uh, and coaching, helping to get out of it, basically on my own, I thought, This is what I want to do. So I went back to school and uh, got certified as a coach, became an emotional intelligence coach. And uh, I've combined those two areas, uh, coaching and energy healing, to develop my own methodology where I look at those uh, to find that balance between mind, body, and spirit with my clients. And... uh, you, it is really important because you can't have sustainable life with one, when one of those areas dominates above the other. And emotional fitness has become particularly important to me because, because of something I have suffered from, and I understand that pain that people go through. And, uh, you know, I don't really know all the answers, but, uh, you know, over time, I've become pretty good at finding the right ones. And... Uh, and here I am, I'm a, I'm a coach, I'm a life coach, I'm energy healer and, uh, and I've I'm, and I'm never been happier in my life.
0: It's an amazing journey you've had.
1: It has been a journey, it has been a long journey, but, and, and it has probably been decided many, many years ago. I just had to go through this journey because without that, without, without all these fallbacks, I would have never been here where I am today.
0: Um, so what, what is life coaching?
1: So coaching, uh, many people are probably more familiar with uh, therapy or consulting and therapy concentrates uh, more on uh, your past during the healing process. I personally have been through therapy and honestly uh, digging out my painful past didn't really help me with my painful present at that time. Therapists, however, are able to put people on medication. In some cases, this is really necessary because people suffer of many different mental disorders which coaching cannot heal. Consulting is a practice that helps you to deal with uh, certain problems. And um, consulting gives you solutions to them. So basically, they fix things for you. Uh, The focus of coaching is the present moment and your future. It helps you to see areas in your life where you need to apply changes. It helps you to close that gap between the person you are today and that person that you want to be. And one of the reasons why coaching works so well is because it catalyzes internal changes.
0: Um, One of the things that you mentioned is about overcoming biology. Uh, What does that mean? Is it overcoming physical responses to emotions or vice versa?
1: So overcoming your biology is uh is the my latest uh, child uh it, it, it's a 3 weeks classes that I uh, that I come up with uh, and I put it up uh out there online for people to take. And the birth of Overcoming biology was uh, rather spontaneous. Because of COVID-19, it has been uh, harder for me to work with clients because of the restrictions and the social distancing. And, you know, people basically scared of uh, being with someone in the same room. Mm -hmm. And another thing, you know, coaching can be quite expensive. So sadly, not really everyone can afford it. One-on-one sessions are very productive, but are limited to just one person at a time. So the only way to be able to help even more people at affordable rates was to move my services online and coronavirus made it possible for me because who knows, probably without it, I would it would never even cross my mind to do so. So to get there, I interviewed a few of my family members and friends and asked them, what is that area in their life that they would like to improve? and guess what almost actually everyone said they would like to be able to control their emotions better but there is a kicker dealing with emotions becomes a challenge because our brains are hardwired to give emotions the upper hand so the chicken nature made us emotional creatures and uh, your first reaction to an event is always going to be emotional one you have no control over that part of the process Uh, You do, however, control the thoughts that follow an emotion and you have a great deal of say in how you react to an emotion and overcoming your biology is based on how to trick your brain and stop the emotions from controlling your life. So you see, um, being an emotional person, it's really amazing. You, have, uh, you are leading with your heart, and it is a great quality. It allows us to be more self-aware and create strong bonds with other people. But if we allow our emotions to dictate how we live our life, we're pretty much, uh, you know, screwed. And it can lead us to anxiety, depression, and have very negative impact on everything we do. So overcoming biology, it's basically, you know, how can we trick our brains and our emotions and, and, and take the best of our lives and use those emotions actually to move us forward. Wow.
0: Are you still there?
1: Uh, yeah. but I'm Oh, okay. Finished.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <'cause> I cut <laughs> and out a little bit sometimes. But... That,
1: that's okay. <laughs> um,
0: so well, next question I have is about dealing with extreme emotions, like for example, anger. Like, I know for me, there's a physical aspect to anger where I get this adrenaline rush where it's almost like a high. Like, how would somebody trick their brain into not feeding into that emotional response?
1: Well. Yeah, that 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 is a tough one. I mean, there is always some kind of a, a response that our body responds to to our thoughts, to our emotions. It happens in our head, but our body responds. I mean, your palms are sweating, your your breathing becomes uh, heavier, your your heart rate increases, uh, and it just you know just does things to us. So the emotion is the energy that moves us. Uh, energy in motion. emotion. And since we are emotional beings, it is controlling our life, whether we like it or not. So the metaphor I like to use is comparing emotion to the ocean, because uh, both can have a calming and inviting effect on us one moment, while another, they come at us out of nowhere with a crushing force that really can break rocks apart. So just like a surfer uses uh, waves to move forward, we can also learn how to navigate through our emotions and move forward. Um, look, we learn how to recognize signs and elements that can alter the water, for example, of the, of the ocean. So surfers uh, know when it is safe to go out and when it's not. We know that uh, we shouldn't really go during the storm, and especially during the storm at night. uh, I mean, most likely, you know, something's going to happen to us. Something we can we can even die. But if there is no wind and the water was really calm and it's safe, we even introduce our children to surfing, and that's a good time to to do to do to do new things, uh, exciting things. So there is those elements that affect also our emotions. just need to recognize those. There is a whole menu of uh, triggers, event triggers that we need to get familiar with. And some emotions are created by our thoughts. Uh, Some of them are uh, kind of with us since since we were children, we went through some events that uh, that we got scared, like for example, when you were a child and you did something wrong and your parents banished you and uh, you got hit, uh, so you felt embarrassed, scared, sad. you know and those feelings created an emotion. and every time in your life, when you are in a similar situations, those emotions will come back because we learned those. So these are the triggers and uh, and thoughts can create also emotion. And the thing is, you know, uh, the studies reveal that over 90% of our thoughts are not even real. So I want my students and clients to get familiar with those triggers and question their thoughts. And of course, we uh, we have good days and bad days, and we should accept that instead of letting our emotions dictate our actions when we are angry or sad. We need to know that it is okay to accept those feelings. And uh, when we just wait, you know, sooner or later, we will have better days. If there's some important decisions that we need to make, it is better, you know, that we don't really do those when we are in a bad mood or something is bothering us. And when we are angry, it's better to just wait out, you know, because sooner or later, just we will, few days after we will have better moments and it's just a wave you know it, it, it comes and we cannot really control that
0: definitely nothing is permanent
1: nothing nothing absolutely is permanent and uh, we, we uh, and we can't control that but you know there's always good days and there is a better days we just have to recognize that and accept both of
0: them i'm going to combine my next two questions how do you combi- how do you coach people from different faiths and can meditation be used by anyone of any faith?
1: Um, so I am not really, a, you know, religious expert, uh, and uh, I don't really, I don't really question anyone's beliefs. I do know that depending on our religion, nationality, or even people from different cities or even different neighborhoods, they have different ideas, different opinions if it comes to the right choices in life, what we should do, uh, things we should say, things we should believe, or how we treat other people. People, however, no matter where they're from, no matter who they are, we all experience emotions the same way. We all experience fear, love, sadness, disgust, happiness, and so on. And we are able to tell which ones make us feel better and which ones make us feel, you know, pretty miser- miserable. So as a coach, I am only the facilitator that helps people to find their own unique path to achieve achieve things they thought are impossible to get, to change internally. The shift, uh, you can shift your thinking process and your ideas about yourself, situations and environment. If it comes to faith, again, you know, I am not uh, a religious expert and I do not know the answer to that question. I am not sure. Maybe there are some faiths that out there that prohibit uh, meditation. Uh, but if you ask me if anyone can meditate, then my answer will be definitely yes. Uh, meditation, it's a form of uh, stillness. It's a technique that, uh, where everything starts to restore and uh, repair. And it's quite amazing. And, uh, and it's very, very simple. So simple that it's hard to believe. Our body is a blueprint of our mind and it, it relaxes when, the, when you relax your mind. So some meditation techniques have been uh, scientifically proven to be four times deeper metabolically than when we are asleep. In this level of rest, a natural healing process takes place. And uh, it also it's also scientifically proven that in meditation we produce uh, oxytocin and serotonin. These are two biochemicals responsible for feeling love and happiness. And uh, regardless of your circumstances, we start to feel love and happiness. So if you want love and happiness, it is not out there where people usually are looking for it. It is something inherited, something that we already have in us, and, it's, and it gets unlocked in that stillness. And we have the capa- capacity of uh, feeling love and happiness through meditation, no matter what faith you are.
0: I think you just mentioned a few very important points. One is that all human beings feel the same emotions, it's actually something that I believe kind of connects us all. And um, yes. I also know from my own personal experience, uh, when I learned how to meditate, it was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. It, it changed how I responded to all my situations. You know, I, I agree. I learned that, you know, like you said, um, 90% of our thoughts are not real. And I didn't figure that out for myself until I learned how to sit down and meditate and actually just become aware of that.
1: Exactly. And we create ourselves this, uh, this anxiety, you know, that, like for example, you know, you were supposed to have a lunch with your, with your friend and your friend texts you in the last moment and cancels on you. And you're like, what the hell, you know, I, I had, I had, I had planned a whole day and, uh, and now you're canceling on me. And uh, what am I supposed to do the rest of the day? What a, what a waste of time. Are you even my friend? Damn it. Do I have any friends? The, the, Does anyone want to hang out with me? So we kind of escalate uh, our feelings and we create that feelings of anxiety. So that's why I always encourage people to question your thoughts, because just because your friend, maybe something came up and your friend has the reason to cancel. And you know, your thoughts that you create, they're not necessarily real, but it can create a great deal of distress for us.
0: Absolutely. So I've heard you talk a little bit about exercise.
1: Mm-hmm. I,
0: I hate exercising. Uh-huh, how me can too. I? How can I change that <laughs> negative attitude? Me
1: too. I was exercising, you know, regularly once every ten years, <laughs> and, it, and, then, and then I got so tired, and I really needed a break for another, you know, a few years. <laughs> because, and you know, a lot of us hate it, and it's who has time for it? Because of the common myth that. To achieve something, you really need to exercise for at least an hour a day. We all busy, you know, we need to make money and the life, uh, life is tough. So that common belief comes because trainers and coaches charge by, by the hour. And it has been this way since the word fitness was even invented. So Gary, what if I told you that only 10 minutes exercise is good enough as hours in the gym? Would that change your mind?
0: I think I could live with that. Right? Yeah. and
1: uh, And if you follow some healthy diet, you will lose weight uh, and lower your cholesterol only from activities like mowing the lawn, cleaning your house, or taking your dog to pee. That will be perfectly enough. You don't need any additional exercise. Uh, and when you finally reach your desired weight, then you can you know, spend 10 minutes a day to start shaping your body. And it takes really only 10 minutes a day to improve your well-being. And suddenly the idea of exercise doesn't really seem that so surreal. Correct?
0: Correct. I think I'm going to give that a try.
1: Yes. Yeah. And according to scientists from Boston University, bursts of energy lasting around 10 minutes will give you the same health benefits as slugging it for hours at the gym. So it concluded that uh, some exercise is better than nothing and uh, that by adding up the, uh, the small things you can have really big impact. And if you ask me, however, my opinion maybe doesn't really matter because I'm not an expert. If you eat appropriately and exercise for just 10 minutes a day, you have better chances to be healthy than a professional athlete. Why? because um, exercising too much or running too fast can have some serious consequences for your body and brain. Of exerting yourself could actually undo the results you've worked so hard for, and worse, could damage your heart, arteries, and lead to many different injuries. So regular exercise or physical activity most days can help uh, your brain releasing that, uh, those chemicals like serotonin again, and, and makes you feel good, and help you uh, helps you release, build up energy or frustration. So you know when 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 a lot of times when we when we anger and we don't really know what to do with it, you know, exercising it's it's one of those healthy outlooks that we can do. Uh, spending time in nature, you know, uh, some people like to like to express themselves through art or read a book. You know it's a, it's a way of of getting rid of that negative energy that that you build inside. And if it comes to fitness itself, it is defined as a condition, a state of being, a state of being fit and healthy. And the word fit itself is an adjective meaning matching the shape to something. And if you really apply some thought to that definition, you will understand that fitness is a condition that is tailored to your own energy and your own personality. And uh, really we don't have to look like the girls from girls or boys from, from the commercials. And we most likely would not look like that because everyone it's a little different, but that doesn't mean that we are going to be not fit. We still can be, we still can be fit and healthy and strong.
0: So I don't have to have that six pack.
1: You do not have to have that six pack. However, you can reach there if you like it, you know, you know, and exact, again, 10 minutes of exercise. If you just concentrate on that six pack, you know, 10 minutes of intensive exercise, you know, uh, crunches uh, or, or, or you know, um, I guess I hate exercise. I don't really know how to do that, but you know, crunches would do that. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, you can just do that in a few minutes a day.
0: That's good. You know, and I like, you know, one of the things that always concerns me about exercise is like, you know, wearing out my own body, for example. You know, like I can't go out and get replacement parts like a car, you know?
1: No, no, no. That's why too much of exercise, it's really it's really not healthy unless you're an athlete. And you know, there is always we need to we need to do baby steps in anything that we want to achieve. Baby steps are are the way to go. It's it's a key. So today you work out for you know three minutes. Then you know then you then you go from those three minutes to five, and eventually you get into your ten minutes, and you kind of make a routine out of it. I like to exercise. I mean, I do exercise right now because I found I figured that out that you can actually achieve some really good results in just a few minutes a day. So I like to do it in the morning because it releases those good uh, those good hormones, the serotonin levels. It increases that. And uh, those make you feel good for the rest of the day. And it wakes you up just like a cup of coffee. If you exercise at night, for example, you kind of go to bed, kind of, um, you know, wind up and and you don't necessarily can fall asleep right away. However, you may be physically tired, but your brain, you know, it's on the, uh, it's wired up and you, uh, so exercise, morning, morning exercises. Uh, Are the best for you, so it's just making sure you just wake up a few minutes before you have to go to work, and uh, and um, and sooner or later, you know, give it give or take a few months, and you will already see the results.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that we can all do. Um, So my next question is kind of silly. Mm -hmm. Do I need to feng shui my crib?
1: Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't don't really know much. I don't know anything, actually, about Feng Shui. I'd rather say that than pretend to say something really smart that sounds smart, but it's, in fact, really, really stupid. And uh, whoever, if there's any of your listeners and and listens to that and knows something about Feng Shui, "Who the who the hell did you invite to that show? So (laughs) I I, I, I don't know. The only time I looked into Feng Shui, it's when... um, When I was trying to find the best spot for my betta fish, his name is Sushi, and uh, he was a Christmas gift uh, from two of my friends, Kelsey and Jessica. And I wanted to give Sushi the best home possible, so I looked up uh, uh, Feng Shui rules and uh, so if anyone has a betta at home, they should live in a southwest east uh, southeast corner of your home space. So that's all I know. This that's that's where my expertise finishes. (laughs) I don't know.
0: A fish named sushi.
1: It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, fish named sushi. And uh, it's a good thing. I probably should look into it because uh, because it's that energy f- flow in, in your home. And uh, I, I can it be wrong.
0: Um, next question is, I have been having some issues adjusting to a new work situation. I feel like I don't have the drive and ability that I used to have. Any suggestions on how to handle that?
1: Um, I assume you're talking about changes after COVID?
0: Actually, yeah, I lost my job because of COVID. Yeah. And I've been working part-time at another job. And one of the reasons I started this podcast is really just to make myself feel better. So I feel like I'm being productive.
1: Well, you know, and you never know, this might be really uh, the next thing. And, uh, And you can be really, really successful. So the first step to adjustment to a new situation is acceptance and uh recognize and accept the things you can't really change you can help this can help you to let go and uh not get upset by what happened every situation has something positive in it and even if you lost a job you know you probably you started this podcast and you can be really really successful in it maybe it could be it could become potentially the number one thing that you do and if that Gives you uh, pleasure, and and if it eventually, possibly, can give you um, the lifestyle you you always wanted, it, then it's a great thing. And uh, so positive things happen even if we don't really see it at first. Like I was telling you about my story, whatever happened, what brought me to to today, and why am I why am I coaching? It's because of all the. I'm sorry, I'm not sure if I can say bad words, but all those. Shitty sure things can. that, yeah, all those shitty things that have happened to me. I would never be where I am today. And I have lost my job too. I, I, you know, coaching was something that I have a passion for, and I started doing it. And I opened my company last year, by the end of last year. But I also had uh, a daytime job, but I've lost it, and there was no way of going back. My daughter was telling me, Why don't you look for a job? And I, I just couldn't, you know, because of the stresses uh, that mm-hmm. I've had in my previous job. I, I just couldn't and, and I couldn't sleep, and I was creating myself that anxiety. But you know, the anxiety I had because I just didn't see myself working for someone else again. So our environment changes people change, situation changes, everything in it is in a constant motion and evolution. And being open to the change and adapt yourself constantly is is the way to go. You know, and um, if you still have any problems to adjust to your new situation, I'll be happy to coach you, Gary. So um, I'm here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the offer. I may take you up on it. Absolutely. Um, how does life coaching differ from cognitive therapy?
1: Well, there is two things there is a cognitive therapy and cognitive coaching so cognitive therapy is a, a psychological intervention used to improve our mental health and there's also the cognitive coaching side which uh, its role is to the identification of self-imposed behavior and thoughts and question them especially the negative ones uh, so we need to develop more productive ways of thinking and the example here would be for example the adjustment your adjustment to your current work situation if you, if you see it as a negative thing so the cognitive coaching what it would be would try to show you the positive things of it so you can actually have a positive
0: outlook on the situation. Actually, that's one of my other questions I had in here. Is positive positive thinking the cure-all to everything?
1: Um, I am not sure if it is the cure to everything. However, uh, there is scientific evidence that positive thinking has cured many terminally ill people and also enough evidence that stress can can be a killer so i would say probably yes probably positive thinking is a cure to many many things there is a lot of things that we don't really have control over but we still can think positively about it
0: absolutely or some people beyond help
1: um yes the uh, there is i mean i have uh, come across clients that uh, unfortunately were not fit for coaching either either we didn't fit enough or we didn't fit there was some chemistry between us or i didn't like them or or they didn't like me and um and unfortunately to give them the best service for me was to refer to someone else, someone's who actually helped them instead of me, you know, taking their money. And that's, that's just not right. And also there is, I uh, said, from a point of, from a coach's point of view, uh, if I have a client that drains me, I, I, I can't, I, I, I just can't work with them. So for example, Bob, you know, I have this call with Bob today and uh and whatever, whatever, you know, suggestions that I, that I give to Bob or whatever we're trying to, nothing works. So Bob is not a good fit for me, but not only There's a lot of people that are beyond because they don't need coaching, but they could benefit a lot from uh, a mental health professional. They need to actually see
0: someone else. Do you find that people that come to you with like a more open mind or more receptive to it?
1: Uh I mean no one has an open mind to suggestion listen you probably need to see a a, a mental health professional mm-hmm. but there is ways around it that's why you know I I like uh, emotional intelligence because there is you know information that you can uh that you can give someone it doesn't have to be harsh it it can be it can be maybe a little Maybe a little. Maybe there is a little manipulation in it, in it, but you can also say it in a very very nice way. Something that they really could benefit, or even say, you know what? I I'm sorry. I am not sure how I can help you. What I would suggest, you know, I have uh, I have worked in the past with this and this doctor. Maybe you would benefit talking to him and see what what he thinks first before we continue with our
0: coaching sessions. That's good advice. Um, my next question is. So I have uh, two two brothers, and me and my two brothers, all three of us, have some of the same negative traits that my father had, which is mainly just sort of just being mm-hmm. negative and angry. Like that's all our normal first response to any situation is anger and negativity, and it's like it's, we inherited it in our DNA from him. Um, is are those traits all? Are, is it possible one for those traits to be inherited through DNA or the or the learned? And it can be changed.
1: All right. Um, Well, I think our mental state and and temperament is indeed a part part of our genetic composition. But a lot of it, again, a lot of our behavior is learned from our parents. And scientists have discovered decades ago that anger is a part of our genetics, but self-control can be learned so even if someone has the traits of, of anger and it's e- really easy for them to 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 achieve that that state of anger that emotion there is still things that they can do to control that that is also part of uh, i mean i'm not really talking about anger uh on its own but uh in my in my class i am teaching people how to uh build that self-control and uh and learn from it and um i don't have a medical degree and i'm not sure if i can answer that uh question properly but i i do believe that there is things that we can do so that anger doesn't affect us us uh, as bad however you are right there is some people that probably uh have you know shorter fuse than than others and that is that is most likely uh genetical
0: hmm. So I find it changed to find it harder as I get older to change habits. And I think it's just because the longer I live, the more those habits mm-hmm. are ingrained in me. Um, do you think it's easier for younger people to change bad habits than older people? It's
1: it's hard to say. And uh if I look at myself and my, my life, you know, there there is a saying, you know, you don't teach old dogs new tricks. And it's true. But it also depends on your level of motivation. If you, are, if you know your why, it will be easy to learn how. I know from when I was younger, nothing could, nothing could, no one and nothing could teach me anything. I knew everything. I was strong. Nothing could influence me. I was invincible. And if I was doing something, you know, nothing could alter that behavior. Nothing could change that. And, not, and even though I was young and only when I got, uh, when I started to getting a little older, I figured that there was a lot of things and there's a lot of things that I nearly need to forget things that I think I know I should forget and start searching for new answers. Uh, when I got older, I, my reasons have changed and, and, and new whys emerge. So basically it comes down to, to your motivation and your level of, uh, of motivation. If you really want to, to change something, you can. There is a will. There is a way.
0: I love that answer.
1: Yeah, exactly. That would answer it. And uh, you know, if you really don't, uh, if if there is other people that are forcing you to change, there is no way you can do that. You cannot do it for other people, even if you love them with all your heart. And if you know, you can change things, your behaviors or habits, only if you really want to. For example, smoking cigarettes. Really. Everyone around you can tell you know it's not good for you. You should do that. You shouldn't smoke. You know you you're not going to if you're not ready. You have to be ready. You have to have your motive and you have to know your why.
0: Quitting smoking was probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do.
1: Uh, you tell me. I I've I've been there. Yes, it, it it was. They say that it's harder than actually. It's a stronger habit than uh, than kicking cocaine or crack. Yeah, it, it's it's tough. hard. Yeah, and sugar. Sugar for me was the same maybe sugar was actually the hardest one. I could not I could not, and even though I was months without uh, without any chocolate, there was still those those moments that i i I just you know I, I would do anything for a piece of candy or or chocolate so sugar and cigarettes I think these are the hardest habits to keep
0: is uh watching the news bad for people
1: mm, it is for me. I am not sure how it is for other people. I don't really, I, I don't watch news at all. It influences me. And it is uh, unfortunately unfortunately, never good and a lot of times it's biased. If you're watching something on one channel, you hear one opinion on one thing and if you t- uh, switch to a- other channel or even you know, you're, watching the same, uh, you're watching the same events from other country or other col- culture, it is in a totally different light, right? So how can you believe? How can you believe in uh, what is true, what is not? I think if you choose to watch news, it is important to fact-check all this, to fact-check all the stories. And also different people respond, respond to news uh, depending on their background, the things that make them different from other people and the community they live in. Some people may respond more strongly to the stress of the crisis than others. And, uh, you know, we need, to be, we need to be mindless of it news is not good for me that, that for sure i don't, I don't, I, I, I don't watch it well,
0: i and do I'm, agree with you that objectivity is definitely important mm-hmm. when engaging in media exactly mean, s- all the
1: all the news that would happened to poor george floyd i mean it affected people a different way depending on on the communities and uh, depending depend on your on, 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 on of even the job that you do. It's, uh, so that's, that's just one of an example.
0: Uh, in our society, we tend to judge by appearances, like how much money a person has, how they dress, uh, whether that person is in a position of power. Is that a wrong perspective for us to have as a culture?
1: Um, I think that the wrong thing here is to rob people from their own opinion from their own perspective. The world we live in, it's not easy, and we strive just for one thing, and, and, and that thing is survival. For some, in order to survive, they think they really need power. Others think they need lots of cash. Other people think that love and kindness is the key to happiness and survival. And it's really not up to me to judge what is wrong or what is right. Correct? Correct. I just... I, I can't judge you, for example, because you have learned different things throughout your life story and your experiences than me. There is no perfect recipe for life. Important thing is to be happy. And if gathering money makes you happy, then then be my guest. You know, go out there and collect as much money as you uh, as you can carry. Uh, truth is, there is a lot a lot more important things than, than the material ones. And a lot of times we don't realize it until later in life. We all have different values. We tend to mature over time and our values change. I, for example, have never even heard of a person who was dying in, a, in their dying bed and they regretted that they had more power or they had more, life, more money or they had better cars or they closed better deals with these and these companies or they had more vacation homes. People regret other things, things that we cannot touch, which is feelings, which is love. That they that they loved other people more, or sooner or later, people realize what really important is in life.
0: I agree. I agree. I really, you know, like like you, I was in a position once where I, you know I lost my job, I lost my wife, I lost everything, and afterwards, you know, because I wasn't really you know pinned down to anything. I felt freer than I had ever felt for a while, you know, and it gave me an opportunity to really grow. That's right. And grow in a more emotional type of way. That's right. Um, Any suggestions on how uh, someone can motivate themselves?
1: This is a hard one because uh, like I mentioned before with those habits, it's, uh, it's it's really, no one can motivate you. This is something that you really need to find on your own. And the first step on finding motivation is to know what is it exactly that you want. What is it that you, exactly that you want to achieve? Who do you want to be? And focus on on the reasons why you want those those changes. It takes a lot of works. It, it takes a lot of work. It doesn't happen overnight. Things just uh, you know, it, it doesn't happen on its own. Just because we want it to happen, this is, so it's a really complex complex thing. We need to be consistent, Consistence and intensity are very important. So I don't want anyone to kill themselves, kill themselves over it. Uh, but it, but it's helpful to develop a habit. Uh, working too hard on something sometimes we lose ourselves and uh, we start hating the transformation and we lose track of why we. Why are we doing it in a, to, the, to begin with? Uh, so it is, uh, it's an individual process. Uh, for me, it has always been a small steps. Usually I design my plan and work around it with, uh, with consistency until you know I reach my goal. Uh, I would like to share a little story stories that I heard uh, when I was in coaching academy working toward, uh, towards my certification okay. uh, they actually made a movie about it, it's called uh, Touching the Void, it's a story of uh, Joe Simpson, a mountaineer who set off uh, with his friend Simon to scale the west side of Ciudad Grande in Peru and a terrible, terrible accident happens and it forces Simon to abandon his friend Joe, whom he believed to be dead But Joe wasn't, and he begins his agonizing journey to survival alone across the hostile terrain with a broken leg. Joe's worst moments come after he started to doubt that he can make the distance, faced with the seemingly impossible rock face and his increasingly weakening physical, emotional and mental state. He had to come up with some kind of a strategy. So he set himself small targets to reach uh, a certain point ahead within 20 minutes. And he continues to set those 20 minutes targets as he makes painful process to reach that each goal. By competing with a clock and through determination, he's able to access his inner strength despite the pain and, uh, and the fear that he is that facing. And you know what? Just survive. So sometimes we lose motivation because our target seems too far away and really impossible to reach. But if we only can develop some kind of a plan on how to get there, there is always a way. And again, if there is a will, there is a way. Beautiful. Yeah it is it is a great story it has touched me and it was it's a story that i have been telling everyone uh, it's it's amazing and it's and it, and it and it's really happened
0: Do you use the power of suggestion hypnosis or NLP in your coaching
1: I do not um so I think it's it 's a way of kind of manipulating someone, so I never try to manipulate my clients into doing some something they, something they they not really, they are not really ready for so if they ask my opinion i 'm happy to share it but my coaching sessions are based on questions i questions I ask I help them to find answers on their own and i 'm here basically to serve my client. What I mean by this is uh, we all have families and we have friends who, who tell us everything that we really want to hear right mm-hmm. so if you if you're going through something you're talking to her from yeah body i understand you know your wife uh, yeah she's you know she uh, forget about it let's go get beer and they tell you everything that you want to hear <laughs> but it, 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 that's true and uh, so They want to please us, especially in a moment of distress. And my job is not to please my clients. My job is to serve them to the best of my abilities. And I might ask uncomfortable questions. I might open doors that you want to have shut forever. But I will do that if it's necessary for your growth to look into these dark places. Uh, I'm not here to be anyone's friend. Um, You know, I have my own friends and I'm sure my clients have their own. I am here to connect with people on a different level and I'm here to understand and help them. So my strategy is to build a connection and trust with my clients. And that's that's how I work with, with them. I am not trying to manipulate, which I do not... Know if power of suggestion, suggestion, hypnosis, it might be best for some people. But people that I work with, you know, the strategy that I use works the best for me and for them at the moment.
0: One of the hardest mm-hmm. things in life to deal with is grief and loss, especially that of a parent or child. How does one move past that type of grief?
1: Uh, <sighs> I, I I, I, I can't I even imagine right? Hardest I, I, I question th-
0: ever, right? Exactly. <laughs> I don't
1: think I don't think anyone can move past that grief. Loss of this caliber. It's another form of acceptance and things uh, and things and, and things that we cannot change. I think the first thing is one needs to take time to grieve, and it is important part of the healing process. And it is important for those people to have some kind of a support system, though. Uh, it can be either family members, and if they don't have any, maybe a uh, support groups. There's a lot of groups. Those groups help to release those certain emotions of uh, with compassion, with understanding, and uh, and forgiveness if needed. Otherwise, we are in danger of that in, in danger that in danger that those feelings will follow us for the rest of our lives. Right? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, there is that danger that we will suppress them and often look for distractions in alcohol, drugs, sex, social media, whatever, thing, whatever it can be to to distract one one person. And it can really have catastrophic effects. Trying to stay positive during this healing process is really, really challenging. And it's not a path that's meant to be lonely. One should walk this path with people who reflect those emotions with you. It takes uh, help from someone who understands the situation to go and to go to those and, and knows how to do, how to go to those dark places with you. This could be a friend, a mentor, life coach, confidant, priest, or or therapist. It is very hard to do this work alone, but I assure you. Uh, if it's done with the right person, this work can be done safely without anxiety. And once, once you start, there is a tremendous sense of relief. And relieving, releasing those emotions might show you different possibilities, even and, and, different, and give you a different show you different meanings
0: of your life. Definitely. Like I know after I lost my parents, the person that really helped me was my wife because she had lost her parents before I lost mine. And she was just so she, able to be with me through that process of grieving.
1: And yeah, and that was a perfect person because a perfect per- she was close to you and she has been through that pain before. She knew how she, what helped her and she knew exactly how to help you to go through this. Sometimes you we don't really need to talk. It's just enough to know that there is someone there with you. Someone just, you know, holding your hand and just sit there with you in silence, but you know that you're not alone. Actually, I have goosebumps, you know, right now. Yeah, but that, but, it, that but was it's a, That was a
0: tough question.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it, it really is.
0: So I got some easier ones coming up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you believe in uh, chakra meditation?
1: Absolutely. And we cannot ignore the fact that everything that surrounds us is energy and everything is connected. Uh, even if you look at your hand it appears to be solid it's a mass but if you look at the uh, if you look at it under a proper microscope you will see that is a massive vibrating energy we can divert energy we can harness it we can ride it and everything that happens to us is a result of the energy that we are connected to this at times make me, makes me think of, uh, of uh, if we should stop trying so hard to control our lives and learn to ride that wave of life. Our aura, uh, contrary to popular del- belief, it is something that is entirely spiritual. Aras is an, uh, uh, aura is an electromagnetic field that surrounds every living and non-living thing upon Earth and within every planet and galaxy in the universe. And chakras are the concentrated energy centers of the body. The responsibility is taking, it, taking in and incorporating energy to keep us functioning at optimal levels. It is important to keep those uh, energy vessel vessels clean. When they working smoothly, our vitality and energy can flow easy and exactly where we need it the most. I have written a book, which I am right now in the process of editing. Right now, but I hope it will be published in a matter of a few months. I speak there about the importance of the energy ch- chakras uh, and energy that is within us, and uh, we we are trained to to pay attention to tangible things, things that we can touch, and uh, but it is it is important for us to look beyond that and. Uh, and the the real us is actually the invisible, that invisible part, the things that we don't see. For example, you know, we're getting older, we look into that mirror and we we're getting tired and we, we see our, our bodies changing, our face is changing, uh, and, and and we and there there's a lack of energy and, and we just if, and we just kind of let it go. But if we take care of that energy. You know, but for example, I I, I I can tell you when I look at pictures from ten, fifteen years ago, when I was really miserable. Even though I was younger, now mm-hmm. I look much better. Even though I'm fifteen years older and I have some gray hair in my uh, uh, on my head, I look much much better than I look than than I looked then. But because my energy field, I worked on that. This is healed. So it actually can work. As a, so the aging process, we can actually stop stop that, or can possibly even reverse aging process. If you have an older person and they take care of their their energy, their chakras, and they start moving, uh, they start exercising, you know, eventually they can get more fit, they can have, they can find uh, meaning in their life again they can find motivation and that will give them the energy to live again they don't have to just get older and they don't have to just wait for death. they can they can live again no matter what age you are
0: yes you know i think i would probably like to have you back as a guest again just to talk about energy <laughs> and, and chakras and I stuff love like that. that that
1: that is my that is oh. my favorite favorite cha- uh, uh, that is my favorite subject and uh, i you know writing my book i had a lot of ideas that i had to Find some kind of a scientific background on. I mean, I, there was uh, there was something I was I would think about, and uh, and I couldn't just you know pull things out of my ass and write a book about that. I wanted to I wanted to have some kind of a platform, a background that I could that I could prove that is that my thoughts are actually right, and uh, one of them was, uh, if you know, if we find, if you have a favorite color, for example, if it somehow is connected to your chakras and you know it is it truly is uh, like my favorite color for example is green and green is connected to to, to your heart chakra and uh and that your heart chakra is, chakra is uh i don't know how kind how i how i said yeah your heart chakra is mm, it's a base ground for, for love and, and emotions and all those good feelings. And, and in fact I am, you know, love it's, I am in love with love. This is, this is, it drives me. This is my drive, drive, in my life. And a lot of, you know, times I was, you know, thinking if our energy has anything to do with the, with, with our appearance, with, with the way we look. And it does it again.
0: Yes, I think it has something to do with everything, especially with still,
1: everything. Especially when it we is... start
0: looking at it, like from a quantum level. That's why I think it might be great just to have a whole other show just on that.
1: That would be great. I'm all for it.
0: <laughs> Me too. Um, so the next one's just a question that I actually just I was laying in bed awake last night. Mm-hmm. I just jotted this one down. Um, dealing with past life trauma or karma. Uh, I know that one I want to keep out of field.
1: Yes, I I yeah, I am really not in that field. However, I have my I have my thoughts about that. So I believe for example our dreams especially the lucid dreams uh, how can be how can we create pictures like that just, just when we are asleep. I think in some form they are part of, they are memories from maybe our past lives.
0: Yeah. Could be. Right,
1: Could be. I mean, there is no proof of that and no one can ever prove that, but, but, but it really could be. So how I believe in, in karma. Yes, I am a firm believer in it. And uh, I think that whatever you bring out to the world, your, en- your energy field, it, it comes back at you in, in the, I mean, that it, it doesn't mean that uh, true. You can be the nicest person. And sometimes, you know, my grandma used to say to me, you know, if you're, if you're nice, uh, if you're a good person, you need to have a hard ass because everyone is going to try to kick you True that you have to have, you have to, you have to have some kind of, uh, patience for it because everyone is going to try to take advantage of it. However, how many things you can achieve through being kind and loving? how many more things you can achieve through that than actually going somewhere and and be angry? Anger creates uh, fear in other people yes they will do if you're like boss of some kind of a company and, and you know your 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 employees have uh, fear you they will do the job but they will create resentment and that will do everything to to just when, once you not look around, it, you know they, they, they won't apply themselves with passion and you will not be successful ever. However, if, that, if you have a boss that treats people with, 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 with compassion and empathy and with respect, those people will go to work. No one was going to look at the clock or, God damn it, where is, when it's lunchtime or whenever, I mean, how long is this forever? How, when can I go home Those people will work totally different. they will be happy they will, you so your success is is guaranteed I guess because even your clients everyone is going to be happy in that kind of an atmosphere so you can and, and that is that is karma in some way. If we bring that from our past life, I am not sure. If we carry if we carry our karma from past life to our to our to, to this life I am not sure no one could probably answer that unless unless they monks maybe not even them but I believe you know being a good person it's it's the key to to success sooner or later eventually even if it's not a success even if you're not going to have a lot of money in your in in your bank right
0: definitely being a good
1: person being a good person that that gives you that that gives you some kind of a power and even bad things if bad things are happening to us we still will be able to find out and and channel that that energy that good energy into making something better so we uh, so there is different mindsets. There is a victim, there is a striver, and there is a there is a survivor mindset. So if you're if you are a victim, you know you always, you know that is that is not a very good set of mindset. And uh, and uh, the uh, those people think that world happens to them. And there is the the fighter. Those people think that they, you know, they get what they want, but they. Think that they have to fight for everything so they're fighting for, everything. they constantly fight and there's strivers and try they try it. even on the negative situations they try to find the best way of any situations and even if bad things happen to them they don't look at it as uh, they don't look at life as a as a victim they learn from every negative situation I'm not sure if I answered your question right. I probably got lost there somewhere in translation, but... Uh...
0: No, I think you answered it perfectly. Um, do you have a message for today's world?
1: I I do. I, I actually do. And um, maybe we'll shock a few people, but my message is, I want people to understand that the fact that we can actually control things in life, our emotion, our, li- our emotions or our life or anything at all is an illusion. And uh, many of us probably know that on intellectual level, but deep down they just don't believe it because, because it's scary. It's scary to think, look, I, there's, nothing, there's nothing, I don't have control over anything. And a lot of suffering comes from resisting the facts; those facts instead of accepting them. And we can't be driven by fear or panic. But what we can, but what we can, is to learn how to survive, how to serve that wave of life, to keep moving forward.
0: Excellent. Um, I'd like to thank you for being on my show um i have some upcoming guests i have rachel celeste astrologer and hopefully i'm also going to have tim coleman to come on my show and talk about um, cyber warfare and artificial intelligence uh, please like and review my podcast on whatever platform you are using that helps this podcast move up in the ranks and easier for people to find also tell your friends and co-workers and even the weird uncle. If anyone wants to be a guest on my show, you can email me at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. And also I just started a Patreon page where you can make a donation to help support this show. Remember, everything that is was first imagined And thank you for listening. See you next week. And oh yeah, I almost forgot. You can buy my book, Enlightenment Guaranteed, the only book on Zen you'll ever need by Gary Cacciolillo on Amazon. And thank you again, Camelia, for being on my show.
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you, Gary.
0: Thank you.